Hey guys, we'd just like to acknowledge that this episode uses some gendered language. We'd like to apologise about this and we realise that there are more than the binary genders we mention in this episode. Please note that when we say women, we mean people with vaginas and when we say men, we mean people with penises. We'd like to recognise that there are people that identify with different genders regardless of genitals. We apologise if this content offends anyone. Please know that this was not our intention. We love you and hope you can all learn something from this episode regardless. Hi there, welcome to What's Next, the podcast. I'm Sophie. I'm Hannah. And this week we have the lovely Wendy in to talk about sex and stuff. Sex and stuff. Let's talk about sex, (laughs) Wendy. (laughs) Let's talk about you and me. Let's Let's talk talk about about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. pretend we haven't been talking for the last 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> yeah. or having yeah. yeah. coffee and toffee pops no no, no. we haven't just had no. those <laughs> so tell us a bit about yourself and what we're gonna talk about today because i feel like you're the most you well you yeah. i don't feel you are the most qualified person <laughs> to talk about this. That's, awesome. You, Wendy. that's awesome that you call me qualified because i literally don't have a qualification no, not yet. yet um yeah so <laughs> i'm i'm currently a medical student i'm in my sixth year which means i'm going to graduate at the end of this year um and i'll be a junior doctor after that uh, no specialization or anything like yeah. that i get that question all the time don't want to hear it yeah. like, i don't know but um the thing that I want to talk about, um, it came up because um, I was talking to Sophie Spring Clear about um, going to school at a Catholic or girls' school and being taught nothing about sex or contraception or how to keep yourself healthy and safe. Yeah. And you know, we were thinking like, what kind of sex education did we get? And literally, we came up with one thing, and it was learning about the languages of love. Um, which was like, you know, some people like to give and some people like to do things for others and stuff like that. And it was all like wishy-washy and didn't really mean anything. Um, and it wasn't till my first year of university that I went into someone's dorm room and I picked up their packet of pills and I'm like, what is this? Is this like a Tic Tac or something? Like, is it like a mint freshener? Um, and so I feel like I was really not well taught that. And I think there might be a lot of other people out there who don't know about contraception, not just the pill, but also there are heaps of other options, which I only learned about in the past couple years, Mm. um, because we've gotten some teaching as medical students about the options out there, what's funded, what's good, what's bad about Mm. them and everything. Um, And I just want to pass that on. So um, I'm not, you know, speaking on behalf of the university um, or a particular hospital or anyone. It's just my personal views and I might get things wrong because I don't know everything. Um, So yeah, just a disclaimer that this is all just my own sort of personal um, input uh, based on the research that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Then which is, yeah, I think I was in a similar boat to you, like going to an all girls school and the very like, 
of health and PE class, I think about two classes mm. a year, yeah. about, and it was basically the same stuff, but yeah. it was just like, here's a condom, here's a pill, yeah. there's not, it's just one of two things, and it was just got so brushed over, and I got mm. to university, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? What is all this? Yeah, yeah. Like, my health class at school, year 10, we spent about an hour putting condoms on, like, bananas or something. Yeah. And then spend the rest of the year watching, like, Juno and Mean Girls. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't have sex or you'll get pregnant and die. Like, <laughs> like, like great, great movies, you know. Yeah. But, um, but not necessarily giving you the, like, hard facts that you actually need mm, to know. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. That's yeah. where you come in, Wednesday. Yeah. 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 So I thought I'd just sort of start by talking about the options, you know, the common ones first and then... Um, some long-acting things which people might not know about um, and then talking a bit about sexual health like STIs and how to keep yourself safe yeah yeah sounds great yeah I'm ready I'm ready to learn yes I I'm on the edge of my seat <laughs> I am should, ready to learn about literally sex. should I should I just start then? yeah should I yeah just jump, by all means. straight in um all right so so contraception it's all about um not getting pregnant when you don't want to get pregnant you may have partners on certain types of contraception you want to know what is it and how does it work and everything like that so i think it's really important um and even if you're not having sex now you might want to have this information in the future so i think it's worth being open-minded to all the options out there um things which might be suitable now may not be suitable further on sort of thing so um all right so Everyone knows condoms. Yes. They go on a penis. I'm so really into them. Like, yes, yes, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'll start. We'll start with the basics, you know. And there's actually some surprising facts about condoms that we we may not know. Um, so condoms, they are fairly good at preventing uh, pregnancy. Um, when they're used correctly, only two out of a hundred women each year will get pregnant. So that's 98% um, effective. But we know from studies in real life that it's actually lower than this. Um, just because um, through real life factors, um, they may not work all the time. Things like it breaking, things like people not using them correctly, um, not using lubricants, so it sort of rubs and breaks more easily. So that number comes down to about 15, uh, sorry, it comes down to 85% effective, 15 out of 100 women may get pregnant if they're sexually active so, while just using condoms. May get pregnant, not will get pregnant, right? Well, <laughs> or is it the same? So it, it's kind of the same, but you know it's a probability. So it's it's saying that out of 100 women who are sexually active, 15 of them get pregnant from the statistics that we have yeah. if they're just using condoms. Um, so it's not the most effective type of contraception out there. Um, and other other types, hormone types, are more like 99% effective. Mm. Um, so, so it's not the greatest, but it does have an effect on preventing pregnancy. One thing that condoms are really, really good for, though, is that they prevent STI um, transmission. Um, so things like taking the pill or other types of contraception don't prevent you getting an infection. And that's something really important to think about if you're having sex with a partner that you don't know their status or not um even if you are taking the pill you will need to use condoms to prevent getting an sti from that person yeah um so that's where condoms are really really crucial um 
and uh, another fact that I didn't know until later was that um, you don't always have to go and spend a whole lot of money on condoms either because um, you can get a script from any doctor or a family planning clinic and you can get 12 boxes of condoms if you can have that much sex in, in the time before it expires. You can get 12 boxes on a prescription so it costs $5 for you. So wow. that's, so that's way, way cheaper. I will take that challenge. <laughs> exactly. Because what's the shelf life I mean, of a condom? Um, it's a few years. It's, it's a couple of years usually, yeah. It will depend on the box, but you know, usually like... <laughs> exactly, so you see it, right? Hannah's doing the mess. <laughs> cheap way of having a good stock so you never have to feel like money is a barrier or or also like having so many boxes keep them in lots of different places mm. so that you're never without it because one of the big problems with condoms is that people don't think about it or it's not convenient at the time so that's why you need to sort of plan ahead and have those things ready so yeah five bucks and you can get 12 boxes 12 boxes 12 locations i think um most like student health places or family planning clinics they also have a you know like a a basket, you know, instead of having fruit in the basket, you have condoms. So just, just grab a few, yeah. you know, just keep them handy. They're, they're just, they're cheap as chips and just great to mm. keep around. Yeah. So that's my bit on condoms. Yeah. yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Um, so I'll move on to the pill, which I, is um, the most common uh, form of contraception besides condoms. Um, in New Zealand, there's about 200,000 women registered as taking the, the pill. Um, and so what actually is the pill? Um, it's talking about a combined oral contraceptive pill, um, which means that uh, it's got uh, two hormones, that's why it's combined there. Um, they're basically synthetic forms of things that we make, uh, that ovaries make. And by taking that pill every day, you have a stable level of hormones in your body which means that you don't get the peaks and ebbs that, um, that you would get if you were having natural periods. Um, and the thing with natural periods is that before you have a period, you ovulate, that's when you're susceptible to being pregnant. So if you never ovulate and you never have periods, um, then there's no chance of you becoming pregnant. So that's why it's really effective. It works 99% of the time. Um, but again, things in the real world mean that um, it's about 92% effective because people may not take it um, regularly, they may forget pills, um, and so when we do studies on people taking um, combined oral contraceptives, um, 8 out of 100 women will become pregnant in a year. Yeah. So, you said you don't have periods if you're on the pill? Uh, you don't have periods on the pill, yes. What, what is it then? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> so, basically it suppresses ovulation. Um, it, uh, it means that you don't release an egg, you can't get pregnant. Um, and the truth is that uh, you... Oh, so when you stop taking the pill, like for that week, so you take it for three yep. weeks, so you stop taking it for a week? Yep. That... What is that? Oh, so that's a hormone-free week. So you're, you're right. So co oral contraceptives, they're designed with, um, with uh, three weeks of hormones and then one week of uh, hormone-free week. Um, those are just sugar pills in there. And that's to sort of make it seem more like a normal period um, because in that week uh, what happens is that the hormone levels drop and then you get a bit of um, uh, basically withdrawal bleeds. That's not actually a period technically. Um, 
because it's just an uh, the response that the body has when your hormones drop it will shed and and comes out with blood oh, yeah so so it's not actually a period when that happens and the truth is that um, even though pills are designed like that it's actually better to run your pill packets together and so what that means is that you can skip that hormone free period just go on to the next month and just don't take a break from taking hormones and that has been shown not to have any bad effects on your health and in fact to be more effective at protecting you against being, becoming pregnant mm -hmm. um, which I don't think a lot of people know because people seem to think running packets together is unnatural or bad for you or anything but it, it, it isn't bad for you um, what will happen though is that after a period of running pill packets together, say like three months or six months or so, you may notice a bit of spotting, so that's a bit of blood that um, that just comes up, it's quite light. That's a signal that um, the sort of layers that need to be shed, you know, it's about time for it to shed. And so that's the time when you can take a week off the pill and then take it again. Um, but otherwise... so interesting. Yeah. I have no idea about that. Yeah. So the advice is that you can and should run your pill packets together um, because it gives you better effective contraceptive use. Wow. And more convenient as well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, more convenient. Like, I hate having periods. Oh, nice. So um, that's one of the great things about the, the, the combined oral contraceptive pill is that it will suppress your periods um, to a certain point. Then you let yourself have a withdrawal bleed mm. and then go back on it. Um, now, there are some women who aren't able to use the pill, um, uh, and you talk to your doctor to see whether or not um, you've got any of these conditions which mean that you can't take it. Um, there are certain factors which make you more at risk of um, serious conditions, um, and for those reasons you sh would be recommended to take a different kind of contraception, um, and there's heaps of other options if you can't take that one. I guess that's why you need a prescription to get the pill, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. So you talk to your doctor and you'll get all these things checked up um, before you're started on the pill. And also it's really good to, um, after about a month of taking it, um, stop in with your doctor again and just see what kind of side effects or what kind of experiences you've had on it. Um, see if it's the right thing for you because um, by no means is it the best option for everyone. And so that's why there's heaps of other things mm. that you can try otherwise, yeah. Um, the other main thing to be aware of is um, the risk of clots. Have you guys heard of that? Yes. Yeah. 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 So you do get warned about it. So basically, um, uh, what happens is that uh, there's a slightly increased risk of having a clot that can form in um, your calves and the veins of your calves, and sometimes those clots break off and they can go to your lungs and cause something called a pulmonary embolism, and that's pretty bad to have. Um, and so. Uh, that's why things like being on long distance planes or train rides or anything like that make sure that you're walking around and there's getting your veins moving and um, stopping those clots from forming mm -hmm. um, and the risk is actually st still really low so um, even though it increases the risk it's still something as low as one in 1,000. How does the pill work if it's so small? It's so small. <laughs> I've been talking about this all week in the lead up to recording this. Because when I like, first I got understand. it, I'm like, oh cool, and I'm like this. This is it. I drink this once a day and this works. Well, I think, I think um, it's got all the hormone that you need in there. Like mm -hmm. if you think about it, molecules are tiny, tiny things, right? Yeah. So, so actually, there's, there's, you don't have to have much in there. And 
They want to make it small. They've designed it that way so that women can take it without having to have a glass of water around and everything. So I think there's a bit of um, like drug design in there and trying to make it as convenient as possible. And there's a bit in the fact that like a lot of drugs probably, well, a lot of drugs don't actually need to be so big, but things like um, to do with absorption and stuff, they need to put extra things in there. Um, with the hormone though, I don't think there's anything special in there. And also you don't need much hormone to be honest, it's quite small amounts, whereas something like paracetamol, you actually need more molecules for it to do the things that it does, yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's why. Yeah. Mm. See, I've been thinking about that like all week since like, <laughs> well not all week, ever since There are other small pills out there, like I don't think we, like we probably don't take aspirin at our age, but like mm. people with heart disease and stuff, like aspirin's this tiny little like heart shaped pill, oh. it's real cute. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like for heart health. Yeah. So, yeah. Cute. Oh, cool. And then there are very big ones, like the TB drugs are like, like this big and it's real awful, so it's really hard to get people to take those pills. Because they're so big and people hate mm. swallowing them, so yeah, yeah. Fair enough. good to have it small. Definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not complaining, but I'm just yeah. like, I don't trust you, <laughs> <laughs> but, do, but do trust it. Yeah. There's a lot of good evidence for it. How big's the like for people who have a uterus and ovaries? How big is it? Because I've always just like looked down. How big's the uterus? Yeah, oh, the like, uterus is quite in like size comparison. All right, so the uterus is small um, when you're not pregnant. So because it's it's just muscle and it's like a bag of muscle that's all compressed down. Yeah. So um, if it were an object, if it were an object, like it's not nicely shaped, but it's probably no bigger than a tennis ball. Probably, wow. yeah. And ovaries are very very small, so they're like smaller than they're smaller than a ping pong ball, and oh. your ovaries don't change in in size that much so yeah um they're really deep in there so you can't like poke and prod and feel it you can't say no but i'm like sitting it on my body like i'm making shapes the size of so ovaries ovaries are about a ping pong ball and i've seen them like i've seen a lady's over and i'm like damn that's small you know i'm just like you do so much you wreak havoc on my body sometimes um um so you've got the two ovaries and you've got the tubes and you've got the uterus and that's pretty small when you're not pregnant but it grows when you're pregnant. So I think um, the comparisons that we got given is like, at 10 weeks, you're like a grapefruit size. Oh. Um, uh, by the time that you're at 20 weeks, you're up to your, your belly button. And once you're at 40 weeks, or, or somewhere from about like 36 to 40 weeks, you're meant to be sort of at the bottom of your sternum there, so. Oh my goodness, no thanks. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of surface area. <laughs> so <laughs> hands are just like getting wider. Like, yeah, like wider. across my belly. And that's the baby. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Interesting. Shall we move on to yeah. contraception number three? Number three. Number three. Number three is number um, something called the mini pill. Have you guys heard of that one? I, I've heard of people on it. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, I just take the mini pill. Mm. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know. No, I know just what it laugh is. along. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds real cute, right? So Is it smaller than the already small <laughs> pill? <laughs> it, it's not about the size, actually, so <laughs> because they're all very small pills anyway. They should be pretty easy to swallow. Um, the mini pill uh, just has one type of hormone instead of two types, so it's just progesterone, doesn't have estrogen in it. Um, and so it works in a slightly different way. Um, you can still get periods on this pill, um, and um, but what happens is that the sperm can't get through the mucus to your uterus to um, 
uh, fertilize an egg. Um, so basically it prevents um, uh, pregnancy in that way. And it's actually just as effective. It's 99% effective as long as it's taken properly as well. Yeah. My hand is up. <laughs> what, what happens to the sperm? Okay. What happens to the sperm is that... Um, I'm imagining it stuck in jelly. it's got yeah so what happens is that normally um if you weren't taking any contraception at certain times of your cycle the mucus in your cervix so that's the end of the vagina and the start of the uterus so it has to go through the cervix to get to the uterus to get to the egg um norm um if you're fertile if you're ovulating um it will be nice and thin and kind of be like a like a slide for for sperm to try and get through. It's nice and easy, you know, it just helps it along. Um, Whereas as soon as you become pregnant, um, that mucus thickens up. And so it's a barrier for any sperm Mm. trying to get through. So they're just kind of hitting into this and they just can't get through. And basically by taking hormones that that normally get increased in pregnancy and you've got this this constant level it's almost like your body thinks it's pregnant yeah and so it thickens it up and it stops any sperm from getting through so so it just closes the gates and yeah. um tells it like not nah, not gonna let any through yeah so that's how how it kind of works yeah. yeah so what is the sperm it does it die in there yeah yeah so the sperm the sperm you know they have a like um a bit of uh energy stored up with them yeah. um which helps them to have the energy to move around and be motile and everything um but that will run out um sometimes a day two days but then there are things called super sperm and those sperm can, like there is documented that sperm yeah they call it super sperm and they can legit live up to a week i think is the documented time what? and it's it's rare um but if if they can't get to an egg they will just die off and their their bits just get broken up into you know get resorbed yeah you know the vagina just bring you know takes it in <laughs> take, takes their nutrients in and yeah. everything yeah oh cool yeah <laughs> Bring it in. <laughs> Sorry, you didn't make you're, it. You're not gonna Bring make it, it but yeah. you know, just come in anyway. Come <laughs> you're gonna die here. Yeah, yeah. Group hug. Group hug. And then the whispers you, like, "You're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> this is your doom." <laughs> so anyway, I went over a little bit of the um, the things about how the mini pill works. The bad things about it are that um, you've got less leeway for when you take it. So compared to the the pill, the combined one, you can take that um, basically, you know, any time of the day and you're able to miss a day and still have enough in your body built up. But with the mini pill, um, it gets broken down a lot more quickly. So you have to take it at the same time every day or within a three hour window. But once you're beyond that, you don't have enough to protect yourself from becoming pregnant. Um, And you have to take it every day and you can't take a hormone free week like you do with the pill. the other thing that can happen is that um, about 40% of women still have regular periods on it. Um, about 40% get irregular periods, which can just be a bit annoying. You don't know when it's going to come. It might be a month. It might be three months. Um, but 20% don't have any bleeds at all. Um, combined with, uh, sorry, compared with the pill, the combined pill, where basically you don't have periods unless you have a bit of spotting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are sort of the the cons, but. The mini pill is really good for the women who can't take 
um, the combined oral contraceptive, or they get side effects on it, or you know just just don't really prefer it. So mm. so um, so that's another sort of pill option that there is out there. Um, so I thought I'd move on now to the long-acting reversible contraception. Mm-hmm. So they're called larks, and basically instead larks. of <laughs> like the bird, right? Yeah, like, or yeah. stork. <laughs> Um, they work in a few different ways and there's a couple of different options but basically the good thing is that you don't take a pill every day you don't have to remember to do Mm. something every day it works for um, a much longer period of time some of them for a couple of months some of them for years and you know they're very very effective as well they're almost 100% effective so it's in the 99 point something Mm -hmm. effective and one of the great things about it is that you just don't have to think about it or remember it. And there's no sort of human error in there because it's in there and it, mm. it's doing its thing to, to stop you becoming pregnant. Um, and it's really underutilized as well because some of these are quite new sort of technologies and, um, and people may not have heard of them before. But actually a lot of them are funded um, and a lot of them can be a really good option if you think like A, you don't want to take a pill every day or B you aren't very reliable at taking it, it yeah. might be a good option for you like that. Yeah. Um, so there's one which is the injection and it's also called Depo Provera. Um, is that the is that the, the orange rod? Is that the Depo It's not a rod, it's an injection. So um, you don't have anything in you. It's yeah. um, just a jab in your bum, basically. Oh, okay. And you only need it every three months. Yeah. Uh, it's got um, a hormone um, like the mini pill, the progesterone, but it gets released over a slow time, yeah. um, stays in your system for three months, and then you get another jab and you'll be protected again. Nah. Yeah. How much does that cost? Doesn't cost a thing. Oh, um, the, the, <laughs> that doesn't cost a thing. Your particular GP practice might charge for the um, injection um, with the nurse or something like that. Um, but generally it's pretty cheap and things like family planning you know they they have some of the cheapest rates of getting that done yeah, yeah. awesome so that one is every three months which is really good Bam. um some of the side effects though um so lots of women experience irregular bleeds to begin with um but what they found is that if you have four injections so over a year you stick with it 70 percent of women stop having periods altogether which yeah. is pretty nice um, uh, another side effect is that um, it can, if you want to become pregnant at some point in your life, it might just take a couple of months for that hormone to get broken down in your body and for you to become able to be pregnant again. So if you're thinking of having children in the next year or so, then it's probably not the best option mm-hmm. for you. Um, and. There's um, some documented um, weight effects on it. Some women lose weight, some women gain weight, some don't change at all. There's no easy trend to it, but yeah. that's just something that's been noted. Yeah. Great. So that's the Depo Provera. Um, there is the rods, which you brought up. Yeah. So those go in your arm, mm-hmm. and it's also called Jadel. Same again, it's got a hormone in it that gets released slowly over time. Um, and those rods are effective for three to five years that they're in there. Um, and uh, they, they basically feel, you know, you can feel mm-hmm. sort of these two rods under your arm there. And once it comes time, um, you just go to a doctor or a nurse who will just um, 
take it out again with a yeah. small cut and huh. bring it out. How does it work though? What is it? So it's just basically a device which... I'm picturing like robots. <laughs> it's really tiny. These rods are like only about sort of two or three centimeters long and really thin. Um, and they sit in your muscle and they just release a bit of hormone slowly over time and then that gets into your bloodstream and, and stops you from getting pregnant again. Cool. Um, but um, some of the side effects though are irregular bleeds and so about a quarter of women who, or anyone who gets the, the Jadelin um, may decide that they don't want these irregular periods or they're getting some other effect to it and they get them taken out, which isn't a big deal either. So, you know, that's three, what is that, like um, three quarters that do stick with it. So mm. if you think it's good for you, you can try it. And if you ever decide, no, nope, it's not working for me, just get it out again. And fertility comes back immediately. Um, the other thing is that while you've got it in and if you've got irregular bleeds, you can take the combined pill at the same time and that can stop the bleeding yeah. for you. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that is the Jadel, and that's the one type that goes in your arm. Um, and it's an implantable device, yeah. basically. Um, and I'll just go on to the final type now, which is the intrauterine devices, IUDs. Mm -hmm. um, there's actually two kinds of IUDs out there in New Zealand at the moment. There's the copper one, which um, is what it says. It's, it's a sort of copper T-shaped rod. Uh, which gets inserted into your uterus um, and basically just stays in there and that's effective up to 10 years now yeah. um, and basically works by having having that in your uterus basically prevents it from ever becoming pregnant and mm. again very effective 99 point something yeah. percent effective there um, some of the uh, problems with um, getting it inserted in the first place is that um, it obviously has to go through the vagina and then it gets inserted through the cervix to get to the uterus. Um, it uh, can cause a bit of cramping pain when it first goes in, mm -hmm. um, so it kind of feels just kind of like a sharp cramp and it might last for a couple of days or weeks after that. Um, and you can take a bit of painkillers to try and ease that, uh, it kind of feels like a bad period usually. Yeah. Um, and some women get a bit of irregular bleeding at the start as well. Some of the more serious side effects is that uh, in very few cases it can cause um, introduction of infection um, and the other thing is that uh, there's a very small risk of perforation, so a hole in your uterus. Yeah. Um, and those things are much less likely if you don't have an infection in the first place. So the what will happen is if you're considering an IUD you get screened for STIs first get treated for those if you have any mm. and then it gets inserted and then it's a very safe and um, yeah a very standard procedure okay. yeah sometimes with the copper IUD um, people f feel that they get heavier more cramping sort of periods um, after it um, and they tend to um, have regular periods with the copper IUD as well because you're not introducing any hormones, mm -hmm. so the regular cycle is still there. Um, now, those cramps um, will usually lessen over time, and by one year after having a copper IUD, um, nine out of ten women don't experience heavier periods or more painful cramps mm -hmm. than before they had the copper yeah. IUD. Um, 
but in one tenth of those women they do find that it's worse and if that's the case again you can just get it removed by a nurse or a doctor yeah 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 um and the copper IUD is fully funded as well um what's the second one there's the second kind of IUD yeah it's the newest type of um contraception that's out there uh it's a hormone implant um in the uterus um and the most common one or the one that's funded uh, the one that is approved in new zealand is called the marina yeah it's a pretty name right yeah. marina yeah <laughs> yeah um so uh that one is like the rod um it releases hormone over time but the thinking is that it's only delivered to where it's needed, so it's in the uterus instead oh, okay. of throughout the system. Yeah. Um, so it um, has a lot less side effects, so um, it stops periods, and people seem to tolerate the merino very well. Um, and um, it's a really good option. The only problem is that it's not funded for everyone mm. yeah there are certain criteria for if you can get it funded because it's really good for those women mm. it stops the periods it stops you losing iron and everything um but otherwise it's about 350 dollars um to get that uh that lasts for five years so it's very well tolerated and it's probably one of the best long-acting contraceptions out there um in terms of tolerating it and yeah um but it does cost quite a bit yeah. so I mean, it's still, yeah, when you think how much you spend on, like I was on a pill, I was on Yaz, and it cost me like $25 a month or something, mm-hmm. so when you think about it, like the Marina was actually It might have been a really good option, yeah. yeah, and it also it means that you don't have to take a pill every mm. day, so. so there's heaps of options out there, and I think everyone's in their own circumstances, it's very particular, and so mm. if you know all those options, you're able to think like, you know, this sounds like me, or this doesn't sound like me, and then you can go to your doctor and ask, you know, do you think it's suitable, mm. and go through that process, yeah. so it's really good to know that there's actually heaps out there, and if people are struggling, you know, on a certain thing, um, that there's more to try out and everything. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like taking it I away know, it's, like, it's so well, much it's so, so good, good. Great. I, I know what you mean though because like I felt overwhelmed just learning these um, because we had a session where family planning came in and ran through all the pros and yeah. cons and I at the end of it I'm just like bam you know like mind blown but like I need to recover yeah. and think for a yeah. while that's why I really recommend going to the family planning website they've got fact sheets on all the types of contraception um, a lot of my facts came from there as well, yeah. and everything's really well researched there. So, if you feel like you've forgotten something or want to know more about something, I really recommend going to the family planning website. And if you like what you've heard so far, we've also uploaded a part two on sexually transmitted infections. Uh, you can find that on SoundCloud and iTunes. But otherwise, if you want to get in contact with us or have any questions or information you'd like to share to Wendy, uh, you can get in touch with us through Facebook and Twitter, uh, What's Next the Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at WN underscore podcast. Uh, but yeah, cheers! <laughs> <laughs>